Welcome to Call Your Girlfriend, a podcast for long distance besties everywhere. I'm Amina Tuso. And I'm Ann Friedman. On this week's agenda, inaugural balls and shameful details about them, Tiffany Trump's hairstyling for exposure, the reality of abortion rights in America right now and in the future, plus Kim's back, some celebrity showmances, and a little RIP for American Apparel. Hi. Um, I feel like we should be playing some like funeral dirge music because it's inauguration day. Who is this? <laughs> What's going on? New country, who dis? <laughs> New country, who dis? <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. Uh, Hashtag in denial. I mean, partially out of practical like concern because I'm flying into DC on inauguration day, but also out of like morbid curiosity was looking at the inauguration series of events. Also, this is like a good way to see who your real enemies are. It's like who is hosting all these events? <laughs> who are the who are the lesser like not just musical acts, but like comedians and like YouTube stars who are supporting this incoming regime. It's pretty shocking. Is it really shocking? The thing that is kind of funny to me about this inauguration is that one They're literally giving away tickets on Facebook via targeted posts because nobody wants to go. But are the the posts are not that targeted? It's like target all adults over the age of twenty (laughs) seven. No, totally. They're just like everybody except for the illegals. Immigration. They're also allegedly paying seat fillers, which is so apt. Because of who the next president is. Wait, where did you hear this? Is this a rumor? How are they going to figure this out? This is a rumor that news people have been circulating, but I have not seen a screenshot of the actual seat filling, like the listing. But people, (laughs) to quote the president, people are saying, many people are saying. (laughs) That's one thing. But also, like, he definitely 100% had seat fillers at the press conference that he did. Those are all the people that were clapping in the room, which is, I kind of think, genius. It was really funny. And then literally like everybody who is performing is a who, which if you listen to our favorite podcast, Who Weekly, you know exactly what that means. It is the who inauguration, actually. Like that is. The- <laughs> it is, except for the one person who's not a who, but like as kind of evil as Toby Keith. Toby Keith is performing. I didn't see Toby Keith on this list. I did see Big and Rich, which is... Uh, um, or wait, which is Toby is Keith? Toby Keith also a rumor. Hold on, I mean, I'm googling this. No, here it is. Okay. Toby Keith won't <laughs> apologize for, for, for performing at Trump's inauguration. He's an equal opportunity artist. Oh my god! Because here's how I found out Toby Keith was performing. I was watching one of those like panels of like Don Lemon, and he had like all these people on, and he has this like one white girl who is like a Trump supporter. But um, she was saying how Toby Keith is better than Beyonce. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, wow, who knew there were Toby Keith stands out there? Like, that's amazing. 
I mean, I do feel like you checking me into Toby Keith's I Love This Bar and Grill against my will on Facebook <laughs> is going to is going to factor in in some way. Like it'll come up when we finally do all the reckoning with who were the supporters of this administration. They'll I feel be like, like, wow, and checked into Toby Keith's. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. So listen, I'm not even going to front. I know a lot of Toby Keith songs. Some of them are bops. Some of them are not. <laughs> Am I surprised that he is performing at Trump's inauguration? Absolutely not. But it's kind of surprising that for like a man who is so celebrity hungry, he cannot like get famous people to come to his party. I know. Well, here's the thing that I really wonder about is like there's also all of these events that take place at every inauguration as a fundraiser or like as an awareness raiser, you know, stuff the that's galas like, and all of that. Yeah, stuff. exactly. And I like it's it's a really weird I think it's such sorry, a sorry balls. <laughs> Right. Yeah. The the veterans ball or like the medical research balls all over the place, like that kind of thing. Like those are mostly organizations that are like, we're not political. But I'm like, in this day and age, there's no such thing as a not political organization. There's like organizations who have balls to inaugurate a fascist and there's organizations that don't. <laughs> and then there's like literally one that's like planned by like Nazis, the deplorable. Oh, my God. So- the deplorable. I saw there's a note that there's like one of the events there's a reception for the deplorable that begins earlier in the night and the event host is gays for Trump. Listen, who taught you to hate yourself is all I have to say to that. But anyway, I have lots of questions about, or there's like a, there's a native nations inaugural ball. That's like launching a fundraising campaign to build a veterans memorial for native vets, which I'm like, that is great cause. But also I'm like, Oh, <laughs> like, like, good luck. <laughs> why do you have to call it an inaugural ball? Like on this particular inauguration, I'm just like, I'm struggling. First of all, I love saying the word ball so much. These balls. No end. (laughs) These balls. These balls. Here's the deal with the balls. No matter who is president, like, I'm not even going to hang this on Cheeto. No matter who is president, they're one huge corrupt boondoggle. People raise like hundreds of millions of dollars for the inauguration overall. No matter who's president, most of the money comes from corporations. And then they have like all these lobbyists like be on like boards and whatever. And it's just like an opportunity to kiss the ring. So these things are not going to go away no matter who the president is, because guess what? People are drawn to power. Also, like you're somebody who lived in D.C. You know how like it's like one year you're in, one year you're out. You just like never... It's like in your wildest dreams, did you think that like Jason Chaffetz of Utah would be like a big player in the house one day? I remember his like freshman class in Congress when he was like a huge buffoon on what was that? What's the liberal TV show that we all love watching? The one where the guy retired and now it's a South African guy does it. The Daily Show. Oh, my God. I was like, I was like, I was like, is this a Lawrence O'Donnell reference? Like, this is very (laughs) weird. Deep cut. Deep cut. No, but he was like, I remember like watching him with his like weird hair be like a huge idiot. Right. And he was like a freshman congressman. And now this guy is like in charge of like ethics in the house. It's like you just never know. And this is why people generally who work in politics are like they're kind of deplorable people because they just you know it's like let's see which way the wind turns and like you never know who the powerful people will become so all of this to say like this is the reason that you will always have all of the like state specific balls you'll have the like issue specific balls because everybody's trying to make a little bit of coin 
this is not a thing that is unique to this presidency. No, totally. I agree with that 100% and have nothing to add except for speaking of people trying to get away with shit for free. (laughs) Did you see the article (laughs) about Marla Maples and Tiffany Trump? offering exposure, I'm air quoting, exposure to DC hairstylists if they would do their hair for inauguration. I am so offended and disgusted by this. So for, I like, I can't even begin to explain this. Number one, this podcast has long maintained that we don't work for exposure. People literally die of exposure. I mean, we technically we worked business. for the first like two years on this podcast for exposure only, but no, we worked for love. We didn't work. Okay. Working okay. For exposure is when somebody is exploiting you. This is different. It's like somebody asking you like, would you have done this podcast if somebody was like, hey, Anne, do a podcast and I'll put it on my network and I'll make a ton of money without you. Okay, no. fair point. The ownership difference is real. Like Exactly. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. ownership difference is like very real. But also it's like Marla Maples. You don't have $300 to put together because this was the other thing that was crazy about this. The quote for hair and makeup was like $300 and they couldn't do it. What's going on over here? I love that the quote or like the Washington Post article says that Maples, through her assistant who was doing the negotiating, balked at $300. I'm like, if you have enough money to have a personal assistant, you can afford $300 for hair and makeup. Well, but now, Anne, you're like, how much does the assistant make? Mm, I wonder if she's working for exposure, too. (laughs) (laughs) Also, I want to know, like, what kind of exposure Tiffany Trump and Marla Maples think they can, like, really do for you. Like, (laughs) what can they really do for your career? Because clearly they're not doing it for their own careers. I'm like, I'm sorry. If you've heard of me, my exposure is doing pretty good. Also, don't worry. You would have to have, like, such an incredibly, like, cartoonish, over-the-top hairstyle to have people inquiring. Like, Tiffany Trump's basic beach waves are not going to get anyone being like, who is that stylist? Like, you would almost (laughs) need to do it purposefully bad, like an over-the-top, like, Dolly bouffant or something like that, in order to get anyone to even inquire and to have exposure. Also, Tiffany, if you're listening to this, go to glamsquad.com and they will (laughs) host you up for under $300 hair and makeup girl oh my god that's like me doing like free exposure for glam squad (laughs) I know I was just about to say that was some like this is a show that takes advertising and you just gave it out for free (laughs) listen Tiffany is obviously struggling I'm really concerned about what is going on over there do you think they're in the poor house like what's going on I don't I mean It's so hard to say. It's hard not to feel like a little bit bad for her. I guess this is the sort of thing, though, that I recall we used to say about Ivanka, like way back in the beginning, we like felt kind of bad that she had to like apologize for her dad or that she was adjacent to this. And now I'm like, I don't feel bad for any of them, like not even a little bit. I mean, I don't feel bad for any of them, but I just want to know if it's like a signal of like a larger economic developments that I need to be aware of. Sure. Like if Tiffany Trump doesn't have money to get her hair done like should i be taking my money out of the bank what's going on here (laughs) oh i don't know also i love how this is making headlines like hairstylist asked to work for exposure meanwhile every recent college graduate is like hello like i have also been asked to work for exposure and no money (laughs) like every media company in america has asked like some poor young entry-level person to work for exposure and like yeah this is making headlines i'm sort of like "Mm, washington post can you honestly say you've never you never said do this for exposure i don't know 
I know, but I'm like so proud of this like freelance stylist who, you know, because like usually like stylists, those people don't like to make waves, right? Because like their business is so dependent on like referrals or whatever. So I'm like super proud of this lady for just like speaking up because it's so insulting. It's like you provide an essential service for people and they should be paying you. Also, she's so catchphrasey. She was like, I work for a fee, not for free. I'm like, put it on a t-shirt, <laughs> put it on a billboard. Like, yes, put it put it all over uh, our website. <laughs> I know. Also, the only reason I'm like super into this too is because it's like on reliable source in the Washington Post, which means that it's like hella well sourced. You know, I'm like, <laughs> this is the best gossip you're going to get out there. Thank you so much. Like, this is... These people have no shame. This is the thing about people with the name Trump, like at every level of the family, they just have no shame. Yeah. The no shame era is upon us. We are living in incredible times. I can't even begin to imagine if like this story was about Michelle Obama and her daughters. Oh my God. Yeah. Just the like shitstorm that it would be and all of the crazy stereotypes about like, black women and hair and blah 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 right and the hairstylist would be like a fox news hero and it's like we're in the era of no shame and no ethics like i just like don't know what to do with this the post shame era (laughs) i know you know what tiffany take yourself over to cvs there's a really good one in dupont circle buy yourself one of those like barrel curl irons or whatever and do your own hair get your own beachy waves (laughs) i know you know, the reason, too, I'm really disappointed in these people. <laughs> I feel like I'm about to go on a Tyra, like, we were all rooting for you. <laughs> like, Tiffany and the mom is because I firmly believe that they were the ones that leaked part of the tax return to the New York Times. And I'm just like, you're my last hope for resistance in this family. So if you're, like, acting stupid, like, how can I trust you? Although it actually makes total sense that you would both be the leaker of that sensitive information and trying to hustle yourself some free hairstyling. Like those two personality <laughs> types, like our, those two acts totally fit the same personality type. <laughs> oh my God. American grift story. So real. I know the grift people. The grift continues. 2017, the, gr- the grift continues. <laughs> oh my God. Too fast, too grift. Oh. <laughs> like inauguration. See you. <laughs> Um, there's also like a fabulous rumor going around that Tiffany is going to sing at the inauguration. (gasps) That's the only thing that'll make me like tune in. Oh my God. I hope it's a problem. Is that like it's American idol who (laughs) No, she's going to do her own song like a bird, not to be confused with the Nelly Furtado. I'm like a bird. (laughs) The problem is that like the site I saw it on also could be fake news, but I can't tell now. So, you know, it's just, okay. This is how it's going to be for the next four years. Like, but what's you don't know the what's URL? This is how you can news. tell. What's the URL of the site? Um, <laughs> hold on. I, I sent it to someone. So I'm trying to pull it up. Tiffany Trump sings it in inauguration. Let's workshop whether or not this is fake news. <laughs> Listen, it's like the font looked like it was a fake news font. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, so does most local newspapers, you know, like font yeah, is th- that was the problem. So yeah, so I first saw it at the Santa Monica Observer. That's fake news, right? Don't know. I'm going to Google this. Smubserved.com. That's <laughs> fake news. Let's see. Smub-served. This is <laughs> This is how the rest of America is. They're just like, nytimes.com. Is that fake news or real news? I'm like, I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Right. It's, it's a free weekly in Santa Monica. That's that does not bode super well, but we don't know. 
I don't know, but there's so many paragraphs of the story. How could it be fake? There's an amazing photo of her in a top hat. Make top hats great again. Another article on the Santa Monica Observer says Donald Trump to play accordion at inaugural ball. (laughs) (laughs) Which I really hope is real news. People are saying, many people (laughs) are saying. Many people are saying. That many people are saying that the Cheeto will play the accordion. Yeah, it's like my favorite like conservative news website is called Life Is That. I think it's like Laura Ingram runs it or whatever, but it's always like ridiculous shit. And whenever she shares it, I'm just like, listen, lady, the name sounds fake, the font looks fake, the news is fake. Nobody is buying this stuff. I know, but sometimes there's like okay, so so on that tip, there's like many sort of extreme like uh, anti-choice websites that are actually really good sources for like what kind of legislation is coming down the pipeline. Like, you know what I mean? Like (laughs) they are very compromised, but it's also like, Oh, like this is the stuff that like state level newspapers are not hip to yet where they're like, we've just introduced 1 million bills saying that like a tiny blastocyst is in fact a fully formed human, you know, like they have the whole like rundown. Um, So I don't know. So real. So like get your real, anti-choice legislation on my fake news website i mean listen it's very complicated is all i'm trying to say i'm telling you everything is fake news now What's going on in the serious world? Okay, well, I did not read about this from any anti-choice website, which um, you won't be surprised to learn, but apparently maternal mortality is way up in Texas and places where access to reproductive health care has been severely curtailed. It's like, guess what happens? This is wild. The highest mortality rate in the developed world? Texas. Yes, this is shameful. The study is from the Journal of Obstetrics and Gynecology, and since Texas got really serious about cracking down on access to reproductive health care, the mortality rate has leapt. Right. It's like when you cut budgets for like things that affect women, s- surprise, here is what happens. Or when you take away like free birth control and like cancer screenings. Like when Wendy Davis was in those sneakers talking for all those hours and and like in front of the Texas legislature and was like, um, don't do this to women. These are the women she was talking about. Basically, it's like, I'm sorry, we had to wait this many years and like go through this much tragedy for her to be proved right. This is so wild. How can women in America not have ready access to regular OBGYN care? Yeah. I don't know, Anne, this makes me really angry. <laughs> like, not to be the caricature of, like, a liberal woman, but, like, this is very angering. Yeah, I mean, no, and listen to this, too. It's so infuriating because it's not a mystery. Like, we know what happened. This article says that the report initially said it was, quote, puzzling that Texas's maternal mortality rate rose only modestly for the first 10 years of this decade before doubling between 2011 and 2012. Until the researchers like called to like look into it a little more and they were like, oh, that's when all the women's health clinics went away. Okay. It's not a mystery. It's not a puzzle. 
This is why I get so annoyed at people who are like, I don't like to talk about politics and I don't like to whatever. I'm like, politics is literally killing women. Like, this is what is yeah. going on here. Yep. And this is all like very basic stuff, right? Like giving people low cost slash free birth control. Also killing mothers, women. like killing like, oh, yeah. people that this movement claims to be like number one in favor of. No, the pro-life movement is in favor of fetuses. They are not in favor of mothers. I think we've all learned that. Sure, sure. Claims, claims. It's pretty bad. The thing too is that like, I don't know, not to be naive or whatever. It's just that like, I don't get what the end game is, right? It's like, okay, you don't like abortion. I don't agree, but I like see where you're coming from. Great. You don't want abortions. Awesome. I also would not like high number of abortions. Then let's give people access to birth control. But they also don't want that. So I'm like, what? Like, what's the end game here? I just never understand what they want. I mean, I'm they like, want okay. there to be consequences for women having sex for pleasure. Like, truthfully. It's funny because speaking about people who are very close to me personally, who are anti-choice, it's like they really believe the only sex anyone should be having is married procreative sex between a man and a woman and that anything that encourages anything else is a bad policy. And apparently, like, no matter how many mothers die or, like, how many women die and how many people... I mean, it's, like, it's a really... I don't know. Like, I truly believe, like, that is the fundamental worldview. I know. And the thing about it that is so nuts, too, when you start thinking about it, right, is I'm like, I don't agree with that worldview either, but I like see where you're coming from. I also have like religious people in my in my background. But then I'm like, but now you're saying that it's only the responsibility of like girls and women what happens that like makes them get pregnant. Like, I just don't understand how like men completely skate away responsibility free here. There's no other way to interpret this except for misogyny. I mean, I would say most tradition-oriented worldviews are pretty into letting men skate away without doing much of anything. It's just, like, it's just so wild to me. Like, I know I sound really naive and, like, dumb right now, but I just, it's, like, a thing that just, like, baffles me to no end. And I'm also, like, listen, if they put in, like, one, 0.1% these like religious people of the energy and animosity that they have towards abortion. If they put that into like solving other world problems, we would have like no more hunger. We'd have like better schools. I don't understand your like singular obsession with this one issue that is not like the primary issue of our time. Oh yeah. But it is their primary issue of our time, which like, I know. Um, So yeah, so um, I know you also read Friend of the Podcast, Rebecca Traster's feature about essentially the future of all abortion and reproductive choice in America. I read it, Anne, and can I tell you, I literally like jaw on the floor. I felt really dumb and not very well informed about, like for somebody who says that they care a lot about abortion, I just like that piece just like hit me in the gut so many times. Yeah. Because it was so preposterous, like how easily all of our access to reproductive health can just go away. Yeah. I mean, it starts to get to a point where it's even difficult to list all of the fronts on which this attack is happening. So it's like some of them are about what type of procedure you can have in abortions. Setting aside like what your doctor thinks is right, like what politicians think is an appropriate procedure for you. Also, in terms of at what time period... 
And I hate to say it, but like, I mean, I don't hate to say it. I love to say it, that Roe v. Wade is a compromise, right? Like in the Roe decision. Oh, yeah. Like, 100% You don't get all procedures and all times. Like, you know, like we're going to set some limits on when abortion is legal. So like basically. Here's the we, bare minimum right, of what you can get. We started at compromise. And so it's like, and maybe that's the problem, actually. Sometimes I struggle with the like actually abortion is 100% awesome messaging because it is so different person to person. But I will say that like starting with compromise, when you read the case that Rebecca lays out for like all of the attacks on choice is like, oof, it's hard to even figure out how to come back. I know, right? But to push back a little bit on like stuff that you're saying, I don't know that any of the messaging is that abortion is 100% awesome. It's not. You know? It's not. The fact that it is such a medically safe procedure it is something that, like, for most women that have it, is life-changing. And for some women, is not this emotional thing that everybody makes it out to be. Because one thing that drives me crazy in pop culture depictions of abortion, or even in some of the messaging that we have, is, like, it's a thing that you did, but it made you really sad, or whatever. It's like, no, everybody's on their own journey. It can be positive. It can be negative. But, like, at its core, it is, like, a medical procedure that women should have access to. Totally. I think the reason, too, that the piece, like, hit me so hard is just realizing how, like, this is in our mother's lifetime, <laughs> access to birth control and, and abortion. This is not, like, something that's been around for, like, thousands right. of years or, like, a hundred years. It's literally, like, one generation ago. And it is so precarious and could all go away. And... You know, and I think that like something that Rebecca lays out really well in all of her work, like including the all the single ladies book is this just this idea that like, you know, like kind of in our mom's day, you would like have sex with someone or like rub up against someone and then you're like stuck marrying that person because you had sex one time. Like, that's crazy. (laughs) And I like can't even laugh at that, but I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, that's an idea that is so like, it seems so barbaric to me now. And the fact that like, we could just bring that era back. People just don't realize how much freedom that we have to lose. We can basically do whatever we want, except for be president. Uh, and that's like largely in part due to like, like access to birth control. I don't know if I was ever like an eccentric billionaire, this would be my issue. You would just be like rent a helicopter or buy. You're an eccentric billionaire. You'd have your own helicopter like flying over cities, just raining birth control on people. Just raining (laughs) birth control on people, like putting IUDs in teenage girls and telling them like you could do whatever you want when you grow up. Mm -hmm. Like that would be like 100% my issue. Like that crazy lady Betsy DeVos is doing education and ruining our schools. Right. (laughs) Except I would fix this. It's so, it's like the whole thing is so tenuous and it's so new. It is so new. It's like 1960, blah, blah, blah. That was literally like your mom's generation. That was not a long time ago. Yeah. It's like one person, one person in your family ago. Well, and this goes back to friend of the podcast, Renee Bracey Sherman and other people who were doing work about destigmatizing abortion, which is to say that like, if you don't talk about it, like sometimes I really have to stop and think about how many men are actually totally unaware of the number of women in their life who have had an abortion, for example, you know, or like, oh, like yeah. think about the fact that like, we don't think about this only being one generation removed because like, you know, your grandma is not going to sit you down and say like, here, let me tell you about the illegal abortion I had or tell you about how I was forced to have your, your parents. Sorry. Um, <laughs> but I didn't want to, you know what I mean? Like, like this is no a, true, yeah, true, this, true. All of because stuff, we don't yeah. talk about that stuff because there's so much shame around it. Right. 
people can kind of say that stories are powerful and storytelling is powerful, but, you know, abortion politics are a really strong case in the reverse of like suppressing storytelling is like equally powerful. And when you suppress people's ability to tell a story generation to generation or like across gender lines, you basically like take away their political power. Yeah, it's just reproductive justice is tied into feminism in a way that is just like, inescapable you cannot call yourself a feminist if you don't believe in reproductive justice and you're not a pro-choice person like it just like does not work because the opposite of that is just oppression for every woman that you know right i mean the exception would be like a personal like i'm not into it personally but i believe in a pro-choice policy like i'm cool with that you know, I'm going to put my foot down and say that I'm not cool with that because that's how we get Tim Kaines and that's how we get like all of these people who are always like Catholic people who like lord it over us politically. You don't like it. You don't have to tell us that you don't like it. Just shut up and do like what is the law and let people have access to the health care they need. Right. Yeah. I mean, I agree. The talking point is just like it's legal under the law and I support the law. It's not like, but I think it's real bad. But I'm just saying like this goes back to our conversation the other week about personal feelings versus political actions. I file it in like kind of the same category. I mean, obviously, my preference is for everyone to think like that and act on the fact that women are like fully formed humans with agency over their own bodies. (laughs) Like, I really that's my number one. Like, my (laughs) number one desire is that. Yeah. Uh, But like... Um, yeah. Those those days seem so far away. Um, oh my Question God. for you. Tell me. This feature of Rebecca's is frankly really difficult to read, not because of like the writing, but just because of like, whoa, like she's hitting you with a lot of hard to absorb facts. But I wondered, you know, like, I mean, as I sort of made it to the end of the article, I was like, how many men who have sex with women read this to the end? Serious question. Like, I don't know. Like, maybe, maybe... You know what I, I mean? But know. I just like, I think that it's so important. I'm like, I, I do think that some of this, it's like, it's important for everyone to read it. Obviously it's important to be like, okay, I, I believe in, in choice. And so I should understand like what's happening to threaten it. I wonder about this question of people who don't feel like their freedom is personally under attack, truly engaging with this, especially at this point in time when there is like, there's frankly like a lot of other terrible stuff happening. I like, I, I really, I like sent it directly to several men in my life and was like, don't talk to me until you've read this. <laughs> <laughs> How are you monitoring that they're reading, Anne? I mean, I agree with you. It's like, I think it was Rebecca who wrote that thing about how like women actually like can handle all the gore of abortion and pregnancy. Yes. Women's bodies are so intense. Yeah. Yeah. Because we're literally just like chunking out blood out of our body all the time. Like it's obviously like gory, but we can handle it. I don't know that that's true for everyone. I know. I wish more of them would read it. It's, you know, it's like, otherwise, that's why you always hear these crazy stories about like congressmen who are like, I don't know why a woman would choose to have an abortion or they never understand like how it works. But this is also why I use the Tim Kaine example in the Catholic thing is how you can have like well-meaning dudes who think these like really backward things about a very normal medical I know I guess I'm also just in triage mode where I'm like it's a hierarchy of okay like I'd rather have a Tim Kaine than a you know (laughs) and it's terrible you're right I mean you're absolutely right it's really interesting what like years of whittling away at like rights like will do to your expectations 
I know you're like I'm in triage mode and I'm like I'm also in triage mode trash not trash <laughs> trash not trash <laughs> so I judge everything which is not productive all the time so I will also admit to that I'm just like in a place where I'm really tired of compromising on really basic things because guess what even when like very liberal people get together when they start whittling things away abortion is the first thing that comes off the table always sure because well-intentioned people can disagree <laughs> That was sarcastic. That was sarcastic. <laughs> Even Bernie Sanders, when he like released his healthcare plan, I remember it said nothing about women's healthcare. And this is like the person who's like calling for revolution, right? And you're just like, well, like a lot of people are like, well, it's understood. It's <laughs> no, like, it's mm, not. You know who doesn't assume things? Ladies, <laughs> because we get screwed all of the time. You know what's a really good book if you want to learn more about this stuff is Katha Pollitt's book Pro. Oh, yeah. It's like eminently readable, super comprehensive. That's the book that I like I would give to dudes in my life where I'm like, if you like think that you are smart and you care, here is like a policy book that you should read that will just like give you an overview of all this stuff. You know, this is like the gap between where you're at and where I'm at. I'm like, try this article first. <laughs> and you're like, no, the book, do it. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And I'm like, come with me to this clinic. We're going to be escorts right. today. <laughs> All of this to say, like, trick a man in your life to read pro, read some articles, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, give money to your local abortion funds. And don't have judgment for people who have abortions because it will always surprise you in your life who are the people that have them. Right. Clue in with problems that you are engaged with but might not be faced with directly. I know, right? Or might be faced with directly very soon. We don't know. (laughs) You just don't know. Okay, let's spiral out of this. Tell me something that like made you very happy this week. Ooh, good question. I have been waiting to ask you and to celebrate with you about Kim's return. Oh my God, Kim is back. I don't really have much else to say about it other than just like happy she's back. <laughs> I'm happy she's back too, but I'm like very cautious because... And I think that it's like projected cautiousness. I'm like, she's being cautious. I'm cautious. But also like if I'm perfectly honest with you, ever since the election, it's been really hard to engage in celebrity nonsense news, which, you know, for me is like, that's my mental health break. So like it has been. Well, especially celebrities who have not like drawn a line in the sand about where they stand in this new era. I know, but like Kim has a lot of extenuating circumstances. Listen, I know she does. That is not an excuse. I know. And I've been like really, it's like the whole robbery episode that she went through was very traumatic for her. They're finally addressing it on the show, which like obviously made me cry when she cried. But also like she's back in the sense she's like changed up her website and she has new branding and her and Connie and the kids have been like playing middle class in uh rick rubin's like studio so she keeps posting these like polaroid like photos where you're like where the f are you guys and then like the internet figured out it was like they're in the studio somewhere but also like kanye is spiraling out of control which 
I don't want to be emotionally implicated in that. So I'm trying to not engage with like news about him, but I am like very happy that Kim is back. She looks great every day. And she's like out in the world again. They caught the people who like robbed her. I hope they go to jail for a long time. There were so many of them, right? Weren't there like more than a dozen of them? Yeah. But you know, also like these like big heists takes a lot of people to plan them. You got to arrest everyone because there's like a forger. There's like the person who's going to move There's the things. geek in glasses like who gets killed in an elevator shaft yeah. while typing on his laptop. Yeah. There's the Bernie Mac character. <laughs> there's the like, it's the Ocean's Eleven. What can I say? They have to arrest everyone. But yeah, you know, it's just, and that's like a thing that she hasn't talked about also, which it was clearly like very traumatic. I also feel differently about less about like celebrity news in general, although that's part of it, but differently about Kim in the post-election era and in the like whatever is going on with Kanye era, because it raises also the question. And I think this is an age old political question of like, do you hold a woman accountable for her husband's political misdeeds or like how much of the opinions of the people you surround yourself with? How much are you implicated in those? We lost the election Partly because, like, a lot of women married the wrong I know. People. I mean, also because a lot of women are the wrong people. Let's be real. Like, <laughs> I know. know. But I also, like, I think that, like, you are very much implicated in the political choices of your spouse. One thousand percent. The reason I'm being cagey about Kanye is not because, like, I'm a Kanye supporter. In fact... One of my very few resolutions was to leave Kanye in 2016. Wow. Is the fact that he's also like not mentally very stable, you know? And I think that that's kind of like, for me, like that's the lens through which I'm looking at all of this. Like he's not well and he is not doing okay. And I don't want to be part of like the entire like cottage industry of analyzing his every move. That's also part of the reason that I'm disengaging there. Sure. But, Caitlyn Jenner is going to the inauguration, which is wild mm. crazy. I mean... I'm just like, they won't even let you pee in the bathroom of your choice. Why are you going? But thirsty for celebrity. So, like, also, what can you say? Like, that's the best exposure she's going to get. Totally delusional people who were like, well, this, like, you know, specific abortion was cool for me to get. But, like, for everyone else, fuck y'all. You know what I mean? Like, that's sort of how I feel, too. It's like, oh, you're okay with me? Great. <laughs> One thousand percent. Caitlyn Jenner is like such a grifter and like so thirsty for like still being famous and like being like Kardashian level famous. I'm like, I don't know how to tell you this. Like you're a Jenner. So like that's not going to happen. Cold. But also like Caitlyn has like really fucked up like political ideas, like had them like before she was Caitlyn and still has them. And it is, you know. I'm just like, you're just a rich, like, Malibu person. Ugh, give me some, give me some pleasant, like, uh, like non-complicated celebrity news, please. Well, this is kind of complicated because it, like, pits some of my faves. But, like, one of my favorite recent developments is that one Selena Gomez is dating uh, Abel XO, a.k.a. The Weeknd. Oh, my God, who we <laughs> traded, who you traded to white people in the racial draft. Don't you remember that? I know, but I want him back. I want him back. I heard the album and I want him back. <laughs> I I've really softened on Abel XO recently. It's like the new album was really good. I had a day of like literally just listening to his songs and I was like, you know, this kid only has bangers. I like don't understand why I was so quick to dismiss him. Uh well I know why. Fuck him. <laughs> but 
The reason this is fabulous is because the way that you find out that they're dating is because they're like making out in front of a dumpster, like outside of like a restaurant in LA. It's like my favorite, like paparazzi everything. Oh my God, look at this like terrible composition. They're like clearly making out. Also, Selena is making like very intense eye contact with the paparazzi because she learned from her best friend Taylor Swift that's how you do it and also she just has like the look of someone who's like here's my next number one single but the reason this is complicated for me is because the ex of Abel XO is Bella Hadid who is my favorite Hadid so that has been hard because clearly this is hard for Bella but it was very much like it was one of the few things that made me laugh was that like paparazzi photo set I like could so stop laughing. you believe this is like a love match true relationship <laughs> I listen everything you know like the way everything is fake news all celebrity relationships are fake to me so fake and less I, proven otherwise <laughs> I think yeah it's like for now this is a showmance I need to see the receipts also like Selena <laughs> totally is like playing herself because. You know, like, how all the girls are, like, feminists now? Yes. But the best thing is that, like, they attack each other with, like, feminism as the cover. It's the best thing. Uh, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not how the game works. But sure. But so Selena had this, like, speech that she did where she basically, like, slut-shamed people who, like, took their clothes off. Wait, where was this speech? It was at the United Nations. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love the idea Gomez. of Selena Gomez, like, slut-shaming <laughs> from a podium at the United Nations. <laughs> It was at the AMAs. The Ask Me Anythings. And uh, at the Ask Me Anything Awards. <laughs> and every media outlet is saying that, like, this was a very inspiring speech, which I guess, like, a lot of it was, like, super inspiring. But, like, Selena can be shady. And then what did she say? Quote, I don't want to see your bodies on Instagram. I want to see what's in here, the singer urged as she motioned to her heart. Totally. But here's the best part about all of that. Literally the next day when it is revealed that she is dating Abel XO, she like posted a third, like a naked thirst trap <laughs> on Instagram. <laughs> and I was like, listen, you know exactly what you were doing. This is not a good juxtaposition. I think anybody should take their clothes off whenever they want. I just don't think they can moralize other people about it. Or also the idea that like social media is a great place to show what's in here. I'm tapping my heart. Like, I mean, like, that's the other thing that gets me. I'm like, does that mean, like, you're only posting heartfelt things? That is a lie. Right. It's like, hello, you have, like, a publicity team. Like, if anybody should be smart about this, it's you. It's like, sometimes I have to remember that they're all 22. Like, whenever I just get so annoyed at them, I'm like, oh, you guys are, like, literally children. Like, Drake is the oldest one and he's 28. (laughs) You know, I'm just like, oh, this is what's going on here. Okay. It just puts everything in perspective. Well, also, Drake's Drake's emotional age has got to be older now that he's dating J-Lo, right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, Drake is not dating J-Lo. Drake is trolling me. That's another, that's another showmance. But the thing about all of this is that, like, it's crazy, right? So it's like Bella unfollowed Selena because of Abel. And then Rihanna unfollowed J-Lo because of Drake. And I was like, you ladies are out here ruining friendships over these dudes. Unfollowing the wrong good. people. <laughs> you are unfollowing the wrong people. JLo and Rihanna had like a cute little Instagram friendship thing going on. And like now that's over. It's like I don't understand the Drake JLo showmance because like I don't understand the showmance aspect of it for him. But I get it for her. You're going to make like great music for you. But like Drake, I'm just like, really? 
do you really need a JLo collabo to like for next steps? But you know, like here's a question. If JLo and Drake were to collabo on a scent, what would it be called? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) this is really, I know. Just think about it. It'll be called, it'll be called. (laughs) I'm real. (laughs) Real TM. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like all of these celebrities are like, they're just trolling me. But you know, it's true. It's like since the election, it's just been really hard to just like dive back in and like give a shit. I'm hoping that that will pass (laughs) because I miss it. But at the same time, it's just like, are you people for real? Yeah. It's just like we have real problems, you know? Totally. It's also, like I said, it's like I do think that the responsibilities of anyone with a platform, I mean, listen, you've always had a responsibility to like, you know, speak out for things that are politically important and highlight causes that matter to you if you have a platform. That hasn't changed. But like, this is crisis red alert levels. And if you were just like, just like making out against a dumpster with someone like I'm like, I don't know if I can really like, I don't know if I can totally follow you in, in that kind of invested way that maybe I did before. Like there's, there's a space for people who don't get it. And those people should all like get together and like do whatever they need to do. I personally like do not have patience for them. I do kind of want like a celebrity, like this person is like doing good work invest versus like this person, (laughs) this person is silent on like the rolling tide of injustice about to wash over all of us. So I like, like write them off. I would love like someone to make that app for me. Who weekly maybe. (laughs) (laughs) Who weekly should do that. It's like invest in yes. Well, you know, but like, but like some celebrities are like really keeping it together. Like uh, Snoop Dogg did this message the other day. (laughs) Snoop Dogg, like one, one of the only people I can still pay attention to weirdly because he's just been around for so long where he like sent out this message to all the other rappers and he's just like let's see which one of you idiots is going to perform at inauguration and he's just like that was his very much like I'm keeping an eye out and if you do it like and will be that is what you want an like, artistic elder statesman to be doing <laughs> exactly that thank you I was like constant vigilance Mr. Snoop Dogg he's thank like you. now I'm going to go off to my collabo with Martha Stewart but when I get back I expect that none of you have signed up <laughs> yo that show that show is so good and it's so good i came home today to literally 12 packages and i only remember buying two of them but guess what i opened them and i had ordered every single thing in there totally it's like who knew like stone me is like oh my god american apparel is going out of business buy that t-shirt ever i mean a part of our early 20s is dying with the end of american apparel (laughs) (laughs) um what is like your american apparel go-to item i think it's just a hoodie or like the one that you wore a lot during the electro wars oh my god i like to call the 2000s i had like a a knit skirt that was not the tube skirt that was looser with like a fold down like a waistband that got me through oh i definitely have summer weather like a total like knit basic yeah i feel like that's my answer yeah i had the sluttier version of that skirt the like tube one (laughs) 
And I, it's like, I look back and I'm like, I cannot believe I, I used to wear this both to go out to like go mm. bar hopping and I would wear it to work. I cannot believe anybody let me wear that skirt. In a but let's be real. When you don't have that much money to shop for clothes, a dual use item that you can wear to the bars and to work is an important investment. <laughs> I know, but that was like 2006. I'm feeling sexy outfit was like that skirt plus a gray V-neck from American Apparel. And I was like, yeah, your girl's ready to go downtown. Like, I could not believe that. But yeah, they're like going out of business and they're having a 40% sale. So time to oh, stock man. up. I'm going to not purchase so many thong bodysuits. <laughs> Listen, I just bought a t-shirt. My favorite t-shirt there is called the sexuality. <laughs> <laughs> and also like it's viscose, which you know how we feel about things that are not natural fabrics in this family. But guess what? It's the best goddamn Listen, t-shirt. Listen, rayon and rayon adjacent <laughs> fabrics I can get down with sometimes. Yeah, no, this is like the good kind of rayon. But yeah, so I, you know, like I'm shamefully admitting to you that like that's what I bought. It's like the house was burning down and I was like, that's what I'm taking. Yep. Um. <laughs> Oh, all right. I think we're out. I think that's the end. When your house is burning down metaphorically, it's time to go. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Have fun at the Women's March. Be safe. Did you buy your fanny pack? Listen, no, but I'm bringing my audio equipment. So we will have a little like dispatch from the March in DC for everyone who doesn't get to go IRL. So I've got a like gear to deal with. I might even have to wear my sign as a sandwich board or something because I have no hands. Okay, some small tips that somebody told me on when you get arrested. Definitely write the phone number for your lawyer or legal service on Sharpie on your arm because like you never know where your stuff will be. And then just have like a piece of paper with all the essential numbers that you need. They're not letting you bring like big backpacks. And if you do bring a backpack, it has to be clear. So, like, here's your opportunity for a fashion backpack. Also, download that ACLU mobile justice app and read the ACLU Know Your Rights page about protesting. Uh, best tips. I'm going to go finish reading dailymail.co.uk slash showbizus <laughs> because clearly I have a lot of celebrity news to catch up on. And maybe if I read a lot of it, the joy will come back. Okay, good luck with that. I am going to plan my protest outfit. You can find us many places on the internet, on our website, callyourgirlfriend.com. Download it anywhere you listen to your favorite podcast, or on iTunes, where we would love it if you left us a review. You can tweet at us at callyrgf, or email us, callyrgf at gmail.com. You can also find us on Facebook, look that up yourself, or on Instagram at callyrgf. You can even leave us a short and sweet voicemail at 714-681-2943. That's 714-681-CYGF. This podcast is produced by Gina Delbeck. See you on the internet. Bye, Bye lady. <laughs>